Welcome to Let the Boys Kiss, the creation of queer ships, where we ask the question, is it queer baiting, queer coding, or queer canon? This week we are somehow still discussing Dean and Cassiel from Supernatural. I'm Maddie. And I'm Kelsey. We're back for a, another week. I do apologize to people who are like, I don't even know what Supernatural is. And somehow there are three episodes about this. But like, sorry, I could write a thesis about it. Like, you're lucky we didn't do a whole season. I don't know what to tell I mean, you. we probably could have. Some things definitely got compressed. So let's let's just state where we are in case somehow uh-huh. you're coming into this series in part. Please tell me you didn't start with the third episode. Like, go back, you know, go yeah. back. Don't do this to yourself. Yeah, I wouldn't work backwards through this particular set of episodes. So we set up the show and the relationship of Dean and Cass. That was part one. Part two, we really focused in on the last three episodes of the show and and walked through the choices that were made, as well as how sort of generally the fandom reacted to those choices. And I think now we're going to we're going to get into our feelings. Yep. Time for our feelings. This is going to be an hour of our feelings. (laughs) So prepare for that. Yeah, where we did leave it was some fans reacted a certain way. You know, Dean, Sam girls were really into it. Casual viewers probably thought it was fine. Destiel fans were not as happy, but we didn't tell you how we specifically felt. I know that both you and I knew what was going to happen before we watched the episode, but I, I don't think that that made our reactions any less visceral. So tell me exactly how you felt watching the finale. Right. So as we as we walked through our discussion of that episode and the choices that were made, and, you know, I, I, I do understand that COVID happened. Yeah. But, you know, like we said, once again, to my mind, the characters are acting out of character because they're just like, I guess this person's dead. Nothing I can do. And that doesn't make sense outside of the fact that the show is ending. Right. But I think... I was going to say my main problem. I'm not sure that's true. One One of of your many problems. One of the problems I have with the episode is this idea that them dying and going to heaven is somehow giving us a final moment when once again, we know they've come back to life a million times. So I don't understand why they died and the show wasn't just an ending where they continued to live because Functionally, within the supernatural we have watched for 15 seasons, there's no difference between those two things. Yeah. Well, and you're you're right that in the world of the show, there's no difference between those two things. But in the world of this episode, there's definitely no difference between the two things because they've taken what heaven was and turned it in, like, which, as we described, was yeah. your best memories and you were sort of And everyone's sort of in, in a own... pocket heaven. Yeah. Right. You're siloed in your own heaven. You're reliving your best memories. You're you're all happy all the time, but nothing's changing, right? You're not living. You're dead. You're, you're thinking about the good stuff that happened to you and not really noticing the fact that you're there for eternity. But the heaven that they've come up with for this finale is a heaven where you are functionally alive. <laughs> it's a heaven where... You just sort of keep living. Everyone that you've loved is around you. And that raises a lot of questions for me. Like, where is Sam's blurry wife? Where's Sam's blurry wife? Question one. Are the people that are in your heaven really those people? Or are they fake versions of those people that heaven has created to keep you happy? Because if they're the real people, who decides whose heaven they're going to, right? If that's really Bobby, why is he in Dean's heaven? Where's his wife? Why doesn't he get to be the one who decides all of the people that are going to be around him? We hear that John Winchester is in this heaven. I have a lot of questions about that. Like, he's a son of a bitch. Why is he in heaven at all? Second of all, why does Dean have to be confronted with him for eternity? Who decided that? And like, if heaven, if dying is just living, what's the difference? Yeah. (laughs) Like, what does that mean for you? Who wants to live eternally? Won't you get tired of it eventually? And I just have so many questions about the actual specific heaven that they've designed. Right. The metaphysical questions concerning this heaven, endless. 
But narratively, you're right that like them dying and then them living is the same in Supernatural World because nobody really dies. So then like, why? What? Why were these choices made? What is it supposed to do for us that Sam dies late and Dean dies young? Like, what does that mean? To my mind, there's no additional closure to them being in heaven. Because like, I think, and we'll talk about this, right? Jensen in particular said like, oh, we could do a revival 10, 15 years down the line. And if the revival happens and they come back from heaven onto earth, you'd be like, yep. Yeah, that makes sense. That could happen in Supernatural. (laughs) Except it doesn't, it's going to make less sense than if they hadn't killed them because they'll be aging. At least if they'd stayed alive on earth and then we come back in 10 years and they're 10 years older, we'd be like, well, tracks. But then we're like, why are they coming back 15 (laughs) years older from heaven? Why did they age? So maybe they'll come up with a weird workaround where it's like, they'll they will age as much as they should have aged had they been living the whole time because of where they're entering onto the timeline in real life or something i don't know or they're just hoping de-aging technology will become really cheap (laughs) the revival i mean it could happen if only aging technology had been affordable for the finale am i right true so yeah leaving aside the issue of this heaven doesn't make any sense What are your other reactions? Because I know I had some strong reactions. Well, also, right, as we said at the end of the last episode, this is not a satisfying wrap up to the emotional arcs of these characters in like any way. And I think you brought it up. And I I also know you have feelings about this, right, of it's weird that they gave Sam and Dean the endings that they had posited were the endings they wanted, like at the beginning of the show. And since that time, we've had 15 seasons of character growth. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It boggles the mind. People have phrased it this way, and I don't take credit for this myself, but a lot of people have said that this finale feels like it could have been the finale to season one of this show, right? Like, if you had only seen season one and then you tuned in for this finale, you'd be like, all right, yeah, like... There's the brothers and the brothers, you know, died. And that's the end of the show. It makes sense to me. And you'd probably be thinking like, who's this cast they mention occasionally? But as someone who watched the in-between parts, that's not the whole show, right? The, the show became about a lot of things that it wasn't about in season one. Yes, in season one, it was about the relationship between these two brothers. But over the course of time, as things proceeded, it became about a lot of other things. It became about found family and this whole idea of family don't end with blood and surrounding yourself with the people that you love and making them your family because sometimes your real family disappoints you ahem john winchester (laughs) so if like where's our family in this ending of the show right we get to see bobby but we don't get anybody else i i did hear that there had been initial plans before covid to have them go to the roadhouse, which is the bar from way earlier in the show mm-hmm. in, the, in heaven and see some people they hadn't seen in a while, which would have been nice. I guess Bobby was the stand in for that. Just pretend that that happened on a larger scale. But yeah, when Dean all those years ago would say stuff like, of course, I'm going to die on a hunt. Like this is what happens to hunters. Everything ends bloody like that sort of fatalism. First of all, just because he believed that doesn't mean he wanted that, right? Like there's a difference between him thinking that's how he would go out and him wanting to die that way, which I think a lot of people are not separating in their minds. (laughs) Plus, it leaves out the idea that the way he's talked about death has changed a lot over the course of his life. He, in the much earlier seasons, would say stuff like that all the time. But then as things went on, he started to say stuff like, Talking about wanting to retire. What if he, Sam, and Cass could all go retire and sit on a beach somewhere? That sounds nice, right? But the I like that crazy confession scene we talked about two episodes ago at this point, where he talks about, you know, feelings and people he wants to experience in different ways, whatever the hell that means. He yes. starts that with, I'm thinking I might be getting closer to dying. And I always used to think, you know, I would go out in a certain way. And now I'm rethinking what I want for the end of my life. These are all things he's been talking about and experiencing as time has gone by. And it's wild to me that the ending he gets is the ending he thought he would get 325 episodes ago. Right. (laughs) Why do we feel like that is the satisfying narrative ending? And then on the Sam side of things, yeah, in season one, he didn't want to be a hunter. 
he got dragged kicking and screaming into it and he was pissed at his brother and he was pissed at his dad and he said stuff like all he ever wanted was to get out of there and not be around his family and live a different kind of life. Is that the Sam you know from season 15? <laughs> like, right. this is has Sam been desperately trying to get out of the life for the last 15 years and I just haven't noticed it? Because it seems to me that at this point, He's pretty well settled in it. He's had opportunities to leave. He has not wanted to. He has changed his mind about what he wants from his life and decided that this is an important thing to him. Being with his brother, saving people. He can't turn his back on it anymore the way that he could have when he was a kid. So it's interesting to me that that's a decision he seemingly makes in the finale out of nowhere. How does he decide to just not be a hunter anymore? Right. And then all of that, like, leaves aside the issue of Cass. (laughs) So we talked a lot in the last episode about our reactions to the confession scene in the 18th episode, how surprised we were that it happened at all. Like I always say on the CW, but the CW has a lot of gay characters on their more recent shows. It's not something they were really doing back in the day, the like WB era. And this show has had gay characters, but to be fair, a lot of them have been killed off in not great ways. It doesn't have the best track record i don't think i certainly didn't and i don't think a lot of people expected to see canon representation of the queerness of dean and cass's relationship and we very much got that i know some people think what happened after negates it and in a lot of ways it it definitely fucks up the narrative but i Mm -hmm. don't think you can argue that cass did not confess his romantic love for his best friend dean on the show. That is what happened. <laughs> I, I don't think you can argue that. And, and it's a surprise. And at the time, felt like a win. <laughs> yeah. And I think, again, like we said, we agree, it's 519 and 520 that make what happened in 518 a problem. It's not like a problem in and of itself. It's great in and of itself, but it exists alongside 519 and 520. Which definitely make you feel a different way about it than you would have if if it had ended how you expected it to when you watched 518. So yeah, the, the way that that narrative gets, I don't know, like obliterated. I don't even know how to describe it. They're, they're setting up all of these narrative threads through the season. in a lot of different ways. The Dean cast relationship is a major storyline for the season because they have this sort of emotional breakup that reads as romantic. They get back together after Dean makes his prayer confession that also reads as romantic. Right. Theirs is the arc of the season emotionally. And so then you get to this point where Cass makes his confession. They've walked up to this point a narrative ledge where you sort of have to step off of it and certain things are going to happen. Once the best friend says, I'm in love with you, best friend, things have to happen after that, right? You can't pretend it never happened because it happened and it changes everything for that relationship. And it's not a resolution. Right. Making a confession is not a resolution. It's what sets off the resolution. It's the beginning of it. It's not the end. And Even if we were in a world where people died and stayed dead and it was crazy for Dean to try to bring Cass back, that still wouldn't be the emotional resolution of the story. It would be he would make a confession. Then Dean, knowing he could never bring Cass back, would have to deal with the emotional repercussions of it. He would have to think about the fact that his best friend has confessed his love for him and decide how do I feel about that, right? Maybe it's right. something I've never considered before. Maybe I'm secretly in love with him and have been this whole time. Maybe, you know, I'm like, oh, that's really sweet of him. And I don't feel the same way, but it's nice to know that he loved me. It could be any of these reactions, but he has to have a reaction. Right. You can't not have a reaction when something like this happens it doesn't make any narrative sense. This made me think about our discussion around Gotham, right? So I'm really glad that we did that episode. Yes, totally. That's an example that we both felt was narratively satisfying of one character confessing his love to another male character on a show. Best friends. Best friends. And the other character does not respond, you know, immediately with, oh, I love you too. But they give us a chance to see that relationship evolve, to see the reaction, which as we mentioned, that is kind of tied up in the whole he killed his 
girlfriend, da 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 da. Yeah. But still, right? Like the reason I think that worked for us is not because it resulted in this grand queer perfect romance, right? But because we at least understood the character motivations and where they ended up in their relationship. Yes. When when he made his confession of love, it's not like there was no reaction and they never talked about it again. Yeah. <laughs> like a lot of shit happened because one of them was in love with the other one. And yeah, it was unrequited in the end, right? But mm-hmm. they still worked through it. They moved forward. They confronted their emotions on both sides. They ended up staying friends at the end. Like a yeah. lot of stuff happened with their characters that had to happen because that's a huge thing to do to confess your love for your best friend. Right. It needs to have repercussions. And I think, yeah, it really just illustrates the point that we, and I don't know that many people are making the argument that the ending had to be Dean being like, yes, I love you too. It just had to be something. It's basically like Cass ceased to exist in their mind. Again, that heavy book fell on his head after the confession. And and fully forgot he even had a best friend named Cass. He's like, "Uh, Cass died? You guys know Cass? He's he's just pretending the whole way through. He knows that there's like someone who was named Cass who died, but he has no idea what his significance is. And so then in the finale, when Sam's like, hey, what about Cass being dead? That's why Dean's like, oh, yeah. I mean, bummer, right? But like, check out this pie. And then later when Bobby mentions that Cass helped make heaven, he just is like uncomfortably smiles and looks away like, oh, cool. I can't tell anyone I've got memory loss. It's so embarrassing. That reading makes all of this make much more sense to me if I'm being honest. And so obviously one of the questions is why the writers thought this was either a satisfying ending or even just an ending that made sense. Yeah. Because, like, spoiler alert for this episode, there are a lot of questions and there are no answers. Like, we're never going to get to a point where, you know, Andrew Dabb, the showrunner, comes out and is like, this is exactly what happened. I know that everyone's worried about how this happened and I will tell you the beat for beat how all of it happened. This is why we decided to do the confession in 18. This is why we decided to not have them talk about it afterwards. These three people are to blame. I know that's what people want to happen, (laughs) right. right? But- so-and-so put their foot down and it was yeah. like, no gays on Supernatural. Yeah, like some person at the CW was like, like somehow we slipped the confession scene by them in 18, but then they noticed it for 19. So they made us change the ending where that was going to happen. And then we didn't have anything to do for 20. So we came up with this bullshit story that didn't make any sense because they wouldn't let us do the ending we really wanted to do, which was just like 45 minutes of Dean and Cass making out the whole time. Like right. that answer's never coming. <laughs> I mean, Maybe not never. As I've said to you several times, I hope 20 years from now, someone writes the like tell-all expose book of how this all went down. But for the moment, we are left trying to put the pieces together from the only evidence we have, which is the show and the various things that people involved with the show have said about it after it came out or even right. before it came out. So it's, it is a bit of a mystery and the questions are many. The question of why specifically that finale in a in a vacuum they thought made sense to them even if the stuff in 18 and 19 had not happened if Mm -hmm. someone just said to them like so we've wrapped up all the plot of season 15 don't worry about how but it's wrapped up and then you have one episode to be the like plus this (laughs) like an extra bit of episode why that is what they chose for it i mean that is a mystery to me in and of itself because so little happens in the episode. I guess I can wrap my mind around people thinking, let's get back to essentials and make a Monster of the Week episode. Although in my mind, if you're doing that, make a goddamn Monster of the Week episode, right? Yes. Make an episode that you don't even mention the fact that it's the finale. Nothing outside of the ordinary happens. It's just a Monster of the Week episode. They're hanging out. It's an interesting case. It doesn't have to be like the, the coolest monster of all time, but I want it to be something interesting like maybe a monster we've never seen before or a monster we have but some there's a new twist that we haven't seen so you can be invested and have that be the whole episode have them solve it at the end and the end of it is like cool them looking for another case right like if the end of the show is just this is our life we're still hunters and this is what we do and you know if you want to imagine that that's how the things proceed after the show is over we just keep going everything is as it is that ending works for me 
mm-hmm. that's a way that you could end the show. The heaven thing I find to be really bizarre. Yeah. Because I don't understand what they're trying to say. I don't understand who it's for. Did they give Sam and Dean those endings because they think those are the endings Sam and Dean wanted for themselves? Did they give them those endings because they think that's what the fans wanted for them? Did they give them those endings because they really in their heart of hearts felt like narratively that was the most satisfying thing that could happen to them? And if that's the case, I have a lot of questions (laughs) because we haven't really talked about this, but a meta narrative of season 15 of this show, we've talked about the fact that they're fighting God, God is mm-hmm. upset with them. He's throwing tantrums and changing their stories around because he's bored with their stories. But uh, a meta narrative of the season is the idea that writers don't know everything. Chuck is a writer in the show and right. God has become this stand in for the showrunners of Supernatural, right? Because this is a show that functions on a lot of levels like that all the time. And so it's this idea that just because Chuck thinks the ending should be this, and Chuck makes clear that he thinks the ending should be like some tragic thing where one of the brothers has to kill the other brother, like, you know, some edgy and cool, some real edgy and cool. Just because the writer thinks that's the cool ending doesn't mean that's satisfying. Doesn't mean that's what the ending should be. We get episodes with, like, Becky comes back, who in the many earlier seasons had been this, like, crazy fan exactly what the writers thought these female fans who were shipping Destiel I'm sure were like Mm -hmm. where they were just like you know totally uncool and nobody would be interested in them like this is the you know my own laying on what they were thinking of Becky at the time (laughs) like you know basically like in the earlier episode I don't know if it's a spell or what but she tricks Sam into being interested in her romantically and it's like really fucked up and gross But, like, they had this idea of these fans who were way too interested in the show and way too interested in in the romantic dynamics of it. And she was a real creep. But then they brought her back in season 15 as this much more interesting version of herself. Something a lot closer, I think, to how actual fans of the show see themselves, where Mm -hmm. she is still interested, but she's, like... An adult now, right? She's living this life. She's got a family. She is a fan, but she's got other stuff going on. And (laughs) she still has opinions about it, but it doesn't rule her life. And then she gets to read Chuck's draft of how the show's going to end. And she tears it apart. She thinks it's bullshit. It's like unnecessarily depressing for no reason. The ending doesn't make any sense for the narrative that's been laid out earlier in the show or earlier in the books, I guess, in the world of Supernatural. And she even says, like, nobody even mentions Cass. (laughs) Right? Like, this is the thing that has happened on this show episodes and episodes ago where they have told you, the writers have said, that's not an ending we're interested in. Some tragic ending that doesn't even service the emotional needs of the characters and is just there because the writer thought that it was tragic and cool is not an ending that we are interested in. And so the characters rise up. The plot of the season is these characters who have been written by this evil writer character which is like fascinating to me that they did that Mm -hmm. they don't have to listen to him they don't have to follow his narrative they can say fuck off we'll choose our own ending right and Cass is the character who exemplifies the whole thing because they talk about how there were all of these versions of worlds with Deans and Sands and Casses and in every one of those worlds Cass did what the writer told him to do, except in this world where Cass chose free will and chose Dean and it changed everything. Cass is the linchpin that has made this specific universe we've been watching all about free will and not about the writer. And underlines the thematic thrust of the show, right? But it's even crazier because like, yeah, what I really can't parse is, or what I think is the writers do think this is a happy ending well because if they don't then what the fuck are they doing right like they've written a season where they say tragic endings are bullshit nobody wants that and it's not a it's not bad to want a happy ending for yourself or for your show and for them to not then give you a happy ending doesn't make any sense at all so i think you're right that in their minds this is a happy ending So I'm left trying to do the math in my own head that makes this a happy ending in their minds. And I will say again, death is not final and supernatural. So them going to heaven is meaningless. 
Especially when the heaven, as they've defined it, is just more life. What does it mean? What is it supposed <laughs> to mean? I mean, I and guess, I, like, the brothers are just together for literally forever. To, together forever. Yeah. Yeah. And I, maybe, maybe what they tried to do is give a separate ending for every part of the audience. Like, maybe in their minds what they were doing is, we know a huge portion of the audience ships Destiel. We'll give them their ending with 18, right? We'll give them Cass confessing. And it's like, they never saw that shit coming. Everybody's going to be blown out of the water that Cass confesses his love for Dean. It's going to be amazing. Everyone's going to love it. But that can't be like the end end because we've also got these people that aren't interested in that at all. So then we need to have another ending (laughs) that wraps up all the plot for like the people who were just watching for the plot, I guess. And that's what we'll call 19. And then we also have this third segment of our audience that's just here for the brothers and couldn't give crap about the plot and only wants it to be the show of season one, which is like, how do you spend 15 years of your life watching a show hoping that it will be the same as the first season? But anyway, we need to give them an ending too. And that ending for them is a show that only revolves around the brothers, a show that ignores everything that's changed for the characters over the last 15 seasons and brings everything back to the start in a way that they hope is like a nice cyclical tying up of things. But for everyone else reads as like just throwing out seasons of character development for reasons that don't make any sense at all. But maybe that's what they're doing. Like, maybe they're giving everyone an ending. Yeah, it's interesting because we did read that quote from the showrunner who's like, you have to realize that you can't please everyone. But Mm -hmm. if that's their approach, they are trying to please everyone and it doesn't work because you can't. It's true. You can't please everyone. But it's just so bizarre. And yeah, the pacing of the finale is crazy because I think you're right. And like, it could just be... Uh, a post, you know, big wrap up monster of the week back to that formula, something fun to leave the show with. And I'm not against that in theory. If you had wrapped up the rest of the show yes, yes, beforehand. Yes. 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 If like everything was set better in 519, uh, then 520 could just be something fun with the boys. The boys yeah. are, you know, doing the boy thing. But yeah, you can't have it like, a hunt for like the first 10 minutes and then the rest of it is just montages set to different versions of carry on my wayward son. <laughs> if they could have, they would have had way more versions of carry on my wayward son. And the whole I mean, episode honestly, would have been montages. Yeah. If the whole episode was just set to different covers of carry on my wayward son, I'd be like, okay, this has entered absurdity. I mean, I'm yeah, kind they're, of they're going for like a thing at this point. I'm interested, right. but it's like, we don't even do a rule of three. It's just two versions. What's happening? Yeah, just two doesn't make any sense at all. It's like they got to the end of 1519 and we're like, oh, we did it. The show's over. And then we're like, we have another episode. Yeah, and they were like, you realize your order is 20 episodes, right? (laughs) Yeah. And they were like, oh, we, oh, no, what's going to go into this? Oh, God. And it's COVID. Oh, what what are we going to do? That's what it feels like. Who can we get back for the finale? Jenny? Great. Jenny's around. I got Jenny on speed dial. I've been prepared for just such a situation. No offense to Jenny, obviously. Jenny's fine. I have no problems with Jenny. I don't understand the idea of bringing Jenny back for a finale. Like, it's significant in any way. Like, (laughs) it plays like you're supposed to be like, whoa, Jenny. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, just I'm completely and utterly baffled by them doing Cass's confession at all. And then by them trying to 100% pretend it didn't happen for two more episodes. And I don't. Why do it at all? What was the point? Why did that happen? I mean, I'll tell you, it made complete and total sense with every episode that had happened before it. Right? Right. And again, like, when we get to the end of 518, we're on board. Assuming 519 and 520 are going to follow up in a way that makes sense. Because we were assuming that at the time. Because why wouldn't we assume that? Maybe we were giving the show too much credit. Maybe you're all about to write us emails like, you idiots, you complete and total idiots for thinking that they would make a show that makes sense. Joke's on you. Pie on your face, you know? Like, 
like but, Sam to Dean yeah. in the finale. And you're right, because apparently we never should have trusted them. <laughs> but I did think they at least wanted to make a show at the bare minimum that made sense. Yeah. So that's our reaction. I don't know if you have any other thoughts or if we I'm want sure to get into more this. things will come up later. It's As true. we've talked about it through this whole course of outlining, I keep being like, and then this, <laughs> and then this, and what really grinds my gears. And the worst part of it is, and you're like over and over, I'm sure more will come to us. Yeah. But we want to do something fun. So I pitched this to you as mm-hmm. we were outlining as well. So I may not le- read a lot of fan fiction, but I think one form of what I think is technically transformative fandom that I do love are like fix it essays. Yeah. So like either video essays or written essays about like, this is how you would structurally fix this thing. So I suggested that we both pitch to each other how in our minds you could get at a more satisfying ending for the show. And I'm yeah. excited to hear your ideas. And honestly, I mean, I'm excited to share my ideas. Yeah, I'm you. mostly excited to hear your ideas. I, You came to me with this idea, and I know that you have, like, you've put a lot of thought into it. You have a whole thing. So I didn't do that because mostly I just want to hear what you have to say. I will give you my general, like, thoughts about how this maybe could have been a little more satisfying. We've talked a fair amount about endings generally for shows and... I really don't think it's rocket science to end a television show. I know the television shows have ended terribly over and over. Everyone has horrible memories of different shows that have ended in awful ways. And I know that there are some great finales that people put a lot of thought into and, you know, were like surprising and satisfying and emotional, but giving you everything that you always wanted for finale. I don't think a finale has to be that to be satisfying, though. I really feel finale just needs to make you feel like the characters that you love are going to be okay. Like, especially a show that you have watched for this long. If your show is, you know, like a three season dark horror or something, and you always intended for it to have this very specific tragic ending that made sense from all the narrative threads, like, yeah, sure, fucking do it. Right. Like we talked about, if the show had ended at season five, season five has a very dark ending. Which yeah, I mean, Sam indi- goes to hell. <laughs> yeah, and Dean is left all alone. Cass is gone. Everyone is gone. Independent of the rest of the show, if that had been the ending, I would have been like, whoa. Yeah, it would have been like, bold that you ended it like that. Like, sick, bro. <laughs> yeah. But that's because that was supposed to be the ending when the show was conceived, right? Like, that was the ending that Eric Kripke came up with knowing what all of the arcs of the five seasons would be, how they were all narratively leading to the same thing. And then that that's what makes that ending feel like, oh, it makes sense as an ending, right? That once you leave season five of the show, that's not what the show is anymore. You're not watching it because of like amazing plot that you never could have imagined happening. Mm-hmm. You're watching it Sometimes in spite of the plot, sometimes for the plot, but like always for the characters. The the only reason a person sticks around and watches a show for 15 years is because they love the characters. There's just not 15 years of plot that interesting. (laughs) Like, I, I just don't believe in it. I think shows are mostly about characters. That's why people watch TV. They invite these people into their homes. They spend time with them week after week for years at a time. They feel like part of the family. And that's why... Even with sitcoms where you're not like maybe investing as much in the plot of a show because there's really not that much happening, people are still super emotionally invested in the endings of those shows because you love the characters and you're saying goodbye to people that you love. And I really feel like all you need for the end of a show is to feel okay about saying goodbye to characters that you love. So that said... I don't think the ending of this show needs to be anything incredible to make me feel fine about the, you know, leaving. I think there are certain things that have to happen if 518 goes the way 518 goes Mm -hmm. for me to feel like the show can end in a satisfactory way. I think Cass has to come back. Yeah. I think. And not just in a a line of dialogue. I see what you're saying. Right. (laughs) Him coming back in a line of dialogue makes it worse. And that's a thing people, I think, didn't understand when they were writing it. I think if everything proceeds as it does up until the point when Jack becomes God at the end of 19, and then 
Dean is like, cool, you're God, bring Cass back. I think that episode makes sense. Cass comes back. That's the end beat of that episode. And you probably leave unresolved the Dean Cass thing at that point, right? Mm -hmm. Save it for the finale. I feel like the way that that would proceed with Dean and Cass is you're going to get your traditional, like, Dean gives him a big hug when he comes back from the dead, as he always does when he comes back from the dead. Maybe things are awkward at first. <laughs> like mm-hmm. Maybe they, he doesn't immediately give him some confession speech back. Maybe it's like, thank God you're back. And they don't talk about it for a minute, which is a very Dean thing to do. I think you do eventually need to get to some sort of conversation between the two of them. Especially, especially since over the course of this season, they've had multiple scenes where one of them like lays their heart all out on their sleeve for the other to no response, right? Like we've had yes. a lot of that this season where- Dean's prayer and Cass's confession. Yeah. Yes. And then even times when, like when Cass leaves, Dean doesn't really say anything to him. Like they're having an argument and then, you know, Cass is like, I guess this is, there's all, that's all there is to say. There's nothing for me to do. And Dean just like sits in silence as Cass leaves. Like over the course of the season, there have been all of these- silences that have not been filled (laughs) and so I think you have to have an actual conversation where they talk about it and I don't know what the result of that is going to be I guess there's a satisfying ending where somehow Dean is like you know thanks but no thanks but like in a nicer way I guess there's a way to do that I feel like in my head the story doesn't really make sense if it's not requited right just me I, I think you probably would get a scene I always envision it as him giving I don't know I've thought about it different ways how they would confess their feelings for each other I don't know if it's going to be an argument because everything's an argument with them or if they'll be able to like rationally sit down and have a discussion but I always envision that Dean his response ends up including of course I love you like as a parallel to the of course I forgive you from the uh Mm -hmm. purgatory scene yeah But they're going to have a conversation. Something's going to come out of it. I need that catharsis. It has to happen. I definitely think Sam and Eileen are going to end up together in my version of the finale. I don't Mm -hmm. understand why she just completely fucking disappeared. (laughs) Didn't make any sense. I think I'd like to see a little bit of something with Jack. I I feel like it's unresolved how he's dealing with the fact that he's God now. Like it's he takes it on really easily in a way that is very bizarre when any time in the show one of them has had to like place this cosmic burden on themselves it's like torn them up inside (laughs) you know like dean with the mark of cain or sam trying to do the trials to close hell like there are always these consequences and it's intriguing to me that there seemingly are no consequences to jack being like get some god now that's cool and it's like you're a toddler (laughs) like he's a literal child when you get the power of god you're just like super chill about it i guess yeah but i mean i'd be happy with an episode where like it is a hunt like i all of these things i think could happen in an episode that is a traditional supernatural hunt episode i think all of that can exist within it if you need a structure for your show and i don't mind a structure that's like you know Things haven't changed that much. Like the characters have grown and maybe they're happy now, but the world is the world and maybe it's slightly better because Jack's God, but it's not perfect. We're not dead. (laughs) You know, like I would like an ending where it's the world and they live because that's really what I want for Dean in particular. Like Sam apparently was always going to be fine because that's the ending Sam's going to get. But I just want Dean to have a life. I think he deserves it. Yeah, You know, he doesn't have to fully retire. It doesn't have to be like, you know, he doesn't have to get the actual on the beach with the drinks with little umbrellas that he talked about for it to be. We want him to get to a place where he doesn't feel like he's garbage and his whole life has been for other people. I think is what we want for Dean. Yeah. Well, that's what I want. I want Dean and Cass to both get that because as I think we talked about this their whole you why did you leave why didn't you stop me thing is the like the root of their entire dynamic i want dean to follow through on internalizing the stuff that Cass said to him right like him having the moment saying to god that's not who i am like i want dean to realize that he 
has inherent value as a human. And I want him to know that Cass wants to stay with him. And then I want Cass to know that he is valuable outside of his heavenly powers. He's not just, you know, like a baby in a trench coat or whatever without them. Mm -hmm. I want him to know that he has inherent value as a person and that Dean wants him around. Like, this is what I want for their relationship. Yeah. And that could be achieved in so many ways. Right. For them both to be – and I think you can – but you can do that through the process of Dean requiting Cass's love, right? Because at that point, he's able to accept Cass's love and also give that love back out in a way right. that feels firm. So it's like that—that that is the resolution. Of the story that they set up in 18? Yes. But also, yeah, just through the show. Like, that that makes sense as Dean's arc, is to get to a place where he's yes. like, I'm a person of value, independent yes, of what I do. Yes, because he has been taught by his father since he was a small child that he has no value other than taking care of his brother and fighting monsters. And he definitely believes that for his whole life. He does not think he has any value as a person. He does not believe... Like, when Cass meets him in the scene when Cass meets him Dean doesn't believe that Cass has dragged him out of hell and Cass says you don't believe you deserve to be saved and it's like yes Cass you've hit the nail on the head in the moment that you have met Dean and I want that arc to pay off at the goddamn end of the show right like I don't understand they laid it all out there And they never paid any of it off. Why doesn't Dean get to grow and believe that he has value? Why does he have to just be like, yeah, I guess I finally served the purpose. My dad laid out for me to take care of Sam. And as long as I took care of Sam, I've fulfilled my purpose. And again, thematically, right, his dad becomes a parallel for God. This is the track that you were put on. And so to have him die as part of that track directly is in opposition to the theme of the show. Yes, it fucking is. (laughs) I'm furious. Yeah. I'm so furious. But uh, yeah, I didn't really like, I didn't give a a beat by beat. Here's what the finale should be. I just, there are like some few elements I would need to feel satisfied. And I don't think the rest of it. Okay. The rest of it is window dressing, right? Like, it's not that important to me. But I desperately want to hear what you have to say. So I've written out my ideas. Let's see how many of them I hit. And again, right, I haven't watched the whole show, but I've seen a good amount of it. Let's see. Let's see if I'm I'm hitting your your beats. Let's see if this would satisfy you. Okay. I will also say I told you this before we recorded that I rewatched the finales of two of my all time favorite shows that I think have like hitch perfect finales, which are The Good Place, which is more serialized, and then Star mm-hmm. Trek: The Next Generation, which is very episodic. Which also meant that like I spent two and a half hours just like crying earlier today. <laughs> the Good Place. I haven't seen the the Star Trek episode, yeah. but the Good Place finale, I cried through the whole thing when I watched yeah. that. And I agree with you. I think that's one of the most perfect finales of a television show I've ever seen in my life. And honestly speaks so much to this show because really a lot does. of the stuff that's going on is similar because they're dealing with like, you know, heaven and what makes a heaven and what makes your life have value and ha- what is the right ending for a person, like all of the things that we're talking about here. Yeah. I think the episode of TNG really speaks to something that you said, which is, again, Next Generation is very episodic. So the final episode is like this, you know, sci-fi plot about a temporal anomaly and Picard is shifting through time. But what that allows us to do is get all these great character moments and really get to focus in on how the relationships of these characters have developed over time and where we want them to be in the future that we just have to imagine, right? Mm -hmm. So like that's very in my mind. So a couple of things about the finale that I am not theoretically opposed to okay i am not theoretically opposed to the final episode being sort of a return to form regular hunt if we do a good job with 519 and i'm gonna start off my pitch to you at the end after 518 so starting in at 519 this is my idea of how we fix 519 and then what we could do in 520 and i have some options for you so you can let me know to choose your own adventure (laughs) yeah you can be like that one doesn't work for me but like maybe that does so and i also i should say like the idea of them being alive at the end again in part because death is meaningless within supernatural it is not a definitive end so if we're not going to have this definitive end where they're obliterated from existence they might as well be alive. what an ending that would be though where it's like they no longer exist they have been completely destroyed right. atoms and soul gone forever yeah now that's dark i'm not doing that <laughs> 
No, okay. okay, so we get to 519. Dean is much more overtly fucked up about Cass. And he does explain to Sam what happened. That Cass confessed his love? Yeah, like the okay. whole the whole thing. And so over the course of this episode, they have time to work through Dean's feelings. And what I would like to see them get to is him coming to an understanding that, of course, he loves Cass also. Again, Obviously. like thematically. Yeah. Not just because I'm particularly invested in it, but the magic. Well, I mean, there's a sense. reason that we're invested in it is the thing. Like, I don't think we want that just because we're like, boys kissing or something. Like, I don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that reason would be. Like, the, we want it because it makes sense. Yes. And I like the idea of Sam helping Dean get there. So, like, you know, Dean having his initial reaction of like, but I'm, you know, I'm not gay. I can't be in love with Cass. And Sam, A, being like, I'm not sure Cass is a man. So I'm not sure that's what's happening. Because I feel like Sam would point that out. Yeah, that's a very Sam thing to say. <laughs> but also being like, again, hitting this theme of, you know, we've been on this track our whole lives. I know that's what you think you are, but things change over time. And now that we're approaching the space where we have the freedom to choose to be who we are, I think you really need to think about what your feelings are telling you and not just this track that dad laid out or that Chuck laid out or that even you laid out in your mind, but to mm-hmm. change as things come. And like, you know, Dean's like, oh shit, I really gotta, I gotta think about that. Yeah. So we're tying into that theme of free will and we don't necessarily know where Dean ends after this conversation with Sam. Like he doesn't, he's not like, oh, Sam, you're right. He's just like, you know, like, oh, I'll think about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because like something happens that really makes the plot start ticking. And so, like, with that in mind, I think it's fine for the episode plot-wise to more or less play out the same way with even that phone call from fake Cass and then them defeating God. But at the end, Mm -hmm. when Jack is God, Mm -hmm. Dean is like, so you're going to bring Cass back, right? Like, yeah, the prayer of bringing Cass back. And Jack... You know, I'm less attached to Jack than I think you are. I think, too, because I was binging it. So it's like I'm not watching him over several years. I'm just like, cool. And I like Jack. I don't have a problem with him. But yeah. I'm fine with him being God. And he's like, beatifically, he's like, I'm going to give you guys both a gift. Mm. Okay? And so he touches Sam's forehead. And he basically gives him the knowledge and experience of having been a lawyer for 10 plus years and like this fake CV. So if nice. Sam decides he wants to get out of the life, he has this very clear established backup plan. Like if he went to a, you know, a lawyer conference, they'd be like, oh yeah, Sam Winchester, you won yeah, that, him. you won that, that precedent setting case of da, 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 you know, but he's like on sabbatical or something. So he doesn't have any active cases and he can just make a choice about what yeah, he wants, he wants to, do. to do that. Okay. And then he turns to Dean and Dean of course is like, okay, so you're bringing Cass back. Right. And he's looking at Jack and Jack like pushes something into his chest and Dean looks down and it's a box that has a pie in it. And the box says, like, the greatest pie you've ever tasted. And Dean is like, what? <laughs> like, he doesn't have any time to react because he's like, what? And Jack just yeah. kind of looks at him and then disappears. Yeah. And then he and Sam are both looking at this box. And Dean is like, Jack! And he's, like, looking around. But then, of course, he, like, moves his eye line and Cass is, like, 15 or 20 feet away. Because Jack is God now and he has a sense of humor. And that's a well, fun thing to that's do. That's good. And also, like, Jack would bring Cass back for himself and for Cass, too. Like, that True. doesn't necessarily have to be Dean's gift. Yes. And, uh, and you know, it, it brings our pie back if, if the writers are the insistent. Because if we don't bring back the pie, everyone's going to be like, I can't believe they didn't mention pie in the finale, you know? Right. That's one of the things. So Sam, of course, knows about Cass's confession. And so, you know, Dean walks purposely over to Cass. um, And Sam gives him a little bit of space because he's aware. Yeah. And so, like, at least minimum, minimum Oscar Isaac level passionate neck grippy. The neck grip. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Tears. And Dean tells Cass, I love you too. Like, maybe Cass is like, Dean, I know what I said. You don't have to say anything. Da, 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 da. And, Dean, and Dean's like, yeah. no, I, I love you I too. I do have to say something, yeah. yeah. Like a, as a parallel to the scene when Dean had made his prayer and then was like, Cass, I have to tell you something. And then Cass was like, you don't have to say anything because I heard you. Yeah. It's like, I do have to say something actually. Yeah. Right. 
And, you know, then we can have a great monologue, which someone who's better at writing than write can, can, can write. And Dean can, Jensen can have his, his lovely tears. Yes. Yeah. But I, I like the idea, too, about, like, him saying to Cass, you know, you changed me, too. Maybe something about you gave me faith, like, you know, tying oh, into the angel he thing. Said he had no faith before. Yeah. And then maybe at the end of the speech, they kiss. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever you guys want to do. And then, you know, he and Dean walk over and Sam pats Cass on the shoulder, like grips his arm like they always do. And he's like, I'm glad to see you, buddy. And you're like, oh, oh this is nice. <laughs> We're all crying at this point. Yeah. <laughs> and so then the episode ends with the boys back in the bunker, our boys, talking about what they're going to do now, right? They have free will. You know, Sam potentially has this opportunity to really leave the life and, and have uh, that normal life. Oh, one thing I didn't mention. We also learned that and I'm a little torn on this, so I'll, I'll get your opinion. That Jack made Cass mortal so that he can, like, grow old with Dean and they can die and go to heaven together. Yeah, I'm, I'm generally in favor of that. That's a okay. thing that I, I – is part of the future of the show, I think. Yeah. yeah. And so while they're there talking, Dean, of course, is eating his best-tasting pie you could ever imagine his gift from Jack. So good. Maybe Cass is like, can I have some of that? Because he's hungry now because he's a mortal. Yeah. And Dean is like, no. <laughs> Get your own. And I think you can have a moment towards it in the episode two where Cass gets up to go to the kitchen because Dean won't share his pie with him and he's hungry. So he needs to like make himself a sandwich or something. And you can have a moment too that's like between Dean and Sam as the last beat of that yeah. episode where they're really, you know, connecting and talking. But then Dean or Sam's phone ring. It doesn't really matter. And it's Jody or maybe Donna, one of our recurring female characters that we an actual recurring care female about. character that we care about and remember the name of. Yeah. Again, no offense to Jenny. And they put her on speaker, and you hear like, "Hey, boys, such and such is happening. Could really use your help." And that's the end of the episode as we lead into five twenty. Okay, excellent. Love it. No okay. notes. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so then 520 is a hunt, right? And yeah. I, you know, I think your point about like, oh, we've seen all these things, XYZ is valid, maybe we do something new. I think if you do want to have like callbacks and symmetry with the premiere, it could be like a woman in white with the tw with another twist, like a yeah, different totally. twist. And so, yeah, here's, here's where I'm curious to see your reaction to my solution, which I'm also, I think, trying to thread this needle for multiple people watching the show who maybe want different things for the characters. So two two really separate pitches. The first is they go on this hunt, and a little similarly to what actually happens in the finale, like Sam gets injured during the hunt in a way that might prevent him from actively participating in hunts in the future. So I don't know if he like breaks his back in a sort of Batman to Batman Beyond situation, and Cass and Dean have to complete the hunt on the, the on their own. So the episode is Sam in the hospital, Cass and Dean completing the hunt. Maybe with Jody, maybe with Donna. It's your basic conclusion there. Maybe with both. Why not? They're friends. Yeah, I think I'm on board for that. So Eileen can come to the hospital and, and be with Sam and they can kind of work on their thing, you know, and decide what they want to do. But if he is like injured, right, he can make this decision to step back, but not quite entirely. So he can be like a lawyer, but also still do research for them, right? He's the the Ned in Spider-Man Homecoming man in the chair for Dean and Cass as they're going yeah. to continue on their adventures. Dean, you know, figures out that as much as he maybe you know, has thought about retiring, now is not the time, especially again in this world with free will, like there's even more value in being a hunter, like in, you know, because it could actually mean something, right? To save yeah. people. Yeah, exactly. So like the overall idea is Sam is like half out of the life, living mm -hmm. half a normal life, but still participating and supporting the monster hunting. Dean and Cass are going to continue regardless of how that pans out. I want the finale to be the three boys in the bunker, like having beers together, like they've wrapped it up. Again, we're having a fun moment with our guys. Oh, th sorry. This is when you could have the final moment with Dean and Sam having a conversation. That's really a wrap up, not in the last episode. So Cass gets up to do something. Dean and Sam have the wrap yeah, up okay. conversation. Cass comes back. The sounds drop off. We hear over the final scene, like a buzzing. And then this is Dean's other other cell. So you must know what to do. Cue, real carry on my wayward son. That's the finale. <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. All right. All right. Okay. Here's my other pitch for Can you. Can it be topped? <laughs> let's, see, let's see how you feel about this. Okay. Instead of Sam getting injured during the hunt, Dean gets injured during the hunt and is in the hospital. He's more injured. We think he could die. Oh, no. We just unburied our gaze. 
Are we about to rebury our gaze? Oh, God. I sure do hope not. Cass and Sam have to work together to defeat the monster and save Dean. I think you could have something where it's more tied together. So if they, if they don't save the monster, Dean definitely di- dies. Mm-hmm. Regardless, again, the episode ends with Dean and Cass in a hospital bed together. Maybe eating stuff feel. Who can say? Sam shows up with a large salad plate. And then Jack appears with a bottle of wine. For some reason, they have a lantern with them. They hang it on a heat-sensitive sprinkler above the bed. The sprinkler goes off. They're all laughing. Freeze frame. We're done. (laughs) Oh, that's phenomenal. I'm obsessed. It's a great ending. Part obviously because it's just great, but also because then it results in like somebody realizing it's a beat for beat remake of the Starsky and Hutch finale. And part of the dialogue post Supernatural is why did the writers make the finale of Supernatural a beat for beat remake? But they never answer a single question about it. (laughs) No. They never acknowledge that they've even seen the show Starsky and Hutch. Like, really? That's how that show ended? I don't know. (laughs) I've never seen it. I'm yeah. much too young to have That's watched really Starsky crazy. and Hutch. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, so obviously the top one is my real pitch. But. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Uh, I hope everybody listening to this listened to our Starsky and Hutch episode because otherwise right. you That's a joke out. for the other Starsky and Hutch fans out there. That's phenomenal, and I definitely would have been happy with it. But I think that your, your serious pitch for a finale is fantastic. I think it hits all of the beats that I was looking for. I think I would have been incredibly satisfied and I hope that others would be too because you can get your brother moments. You can get your hunter moments. Mm-hmm. You can, I just, I want them to be able to, this is the thing. I want them to be able to choose what they want yes. to do, right? The show's about free will. They talk about it constantly. They call themselves team free will. It's been the theme of the show since the beginning of the goddamn show. And I want them to be able to choose what lives they want for themselves, right? And I don't want them to have to live the lives that people think that they want to live because they happen to have mentioned these things 15 years ago. I want... Mm-hmm. You're, I love that you give Sam an option to be whatever he wants to be. I think it would make sense for him to be kind of in the life and kind of out of it. I never see him fully leaving it because how do you leave it when there are all these people that need to be saved, right? Yeah. And you're like one of the two, three people in the world with the most expertise on the topic alive. Like it's your duty. Yeah. <laughs> how would you leave that without feeling just overwhelming guilt? Right. And I totally buy Dean and Cass continuing to hunt, but like maybe slowing down at some point. They're never going to get out of it. They're going to be the guys that every other hunter calls when they have a case they don't know what to do with. Right. They're going to be the people where it's like, I can't figure out what the hell is happening in this crazy town. And I know who might be able to help the Winchesters. (laughs) Like, that's going to be their life going forward it's hard to imagine it being anything other than that but i hope they also get to take some vacations yeah and honestly great opportunity down the road for again like limited series like Cass and Dean in Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, well, and they could do that thing that investigative procedurals always do where they're on vacation and then somebody gets murdered where they are on vacation. Yeah. So it's like Cass and Dean in Hawaii, but oh no, there's ghouls or something. Like, <laughs> right. you know, like there's going to be some unexpected case. I don't know why they didn't hire you for their writer's room, Kelsey. It doesn't make Come any on. sense. I don't do any kind of dialogue or actual scripting. I but they need someone to come up with the plot. Clearly, that's not them because they have issues with plot. That was fun for me to do. I had a good time thinking through it. And I'm glad you enjoyed my Jack joke where he gives (laughs) Dean a pie. (laughs) It's good. It all works. That's fantastic. And look at you participating in transformative fandom. Yeah, I love that. But alas, that is not the ending we got. The ending we got. Was the ending we got. Was the ending we got. And I would say it's better left not thought about, but like, it's You're going to be thinking about that for the rest of your life. I'm going to be thinking about it forever. (laughs) I'm going to be thinking, how did this happen for the rest of my life? So here's the thing. We've run long yet again. Yet again? That's a lot of times to run long, but there's just so much to say. I think we're going to have to take this to a part four. (laughs) (laughs) An unprecedented part four. So, 
yeah, there's still a lot to talk about if you can believe such a thing. I know in this episode, I said that it's impossible to argue that Cass's confession isn't canon, but spoiler alert for next time, apparently that's not true. (laughs) So we will get into that and much more in two weeks on part four, the presumably final episode of our Supernatural series. Who knows? We'll find out. Things just keep happening and we have to keep talking about them. In the meantime, again, as I said every time, who knows if you'll catch us before we record anymore, but do come to us with your supernatural thoughts, feelings, uh, opinions, etc. Questions, comments, concerns at ltbkpod at gmail.com and find us on Twitter and Tumblr at ltbkpod. If you're enjoying the podcast, tell a friend. New episodes come out every other Friday at 6 o'clock Eastern, wherever you get your podcasts. Bye.